Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Numbers 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811, where we kneel, but we kneel to God Almighty and nothing and nobody else. That's it. Mr. Producer, and I mean this quite seriously, would you invite the co-founder of Black Lives Matter, who was on with Jake Tapper over the weekend, onto our program? Thank you. Because I have a question. To the Marxist anarchists. I have a question for the revolutionaries. You're pulling down statues. You're desecrating statues. Stick with me, folks. I don't regurgitate what you've heard before. They regurgitate what I say tonight. You are pulling down a Lincoln statue. A Grant statue has been pulled down. But let's go to the Founding Fathers. Jefferson's under attack. Washington's under attack. Any link to slavery whatsoever, regardless of what these men did to create this nation. That's all we need to know. Any likeness of them should be removed. Period. So Washington, Jefferson... Any of the Founding Fathers, the 1619 Project, for instance. America started in 1619 with slaves, 20 slaves, and that's that. Story begins, story ends. Okay. Okay, I'll I'll throw in with them. This is exhausting anyway. I'll throw in with them. I'm going to join them. Let's tear it all down. And so when Thomas Jefferson drafted the Declaration of Independence... And it was adopted at the Second Continental Congress. I've just told you more than most people on the left even know. 
It was adopted by the United Colonies, the United States, the Declaration of Independence. And some of those states were slave states. South Carolina, Georgia, and so forth. Then the Declaration of Independence is a legitimate. It's null and void. So it doesn't matter anymore. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness doesn't apply. Unalienable rights for each and every human being doesn't apply. Because the document was written in the primary author, went through several drafts, was Thomas Jefferson. And it was adopted. A number of the signatures on the Declaration of Independence are signatures of slave owners from slave states. Obviously not all, but several. So the Declaration of Independence needs to be burned. All copies of them need to be burned. The meaning and the language in the Declaration needs to be rejected. Now what else needs to be rejected? So don't allow anybody who's part of Black Lives Matter, a Marxist harness group, anarchist group, or Antifa, or radicals in that, that mold, don't let any of them talk about what's in the Declaration of Independence. Because it doesn't apply to them. Because they wouldn't want anything to apply to them that has any of the DNA of slave owners. Now let's move to the nation's governing document, the Constitution. I hear it said over and over again that you have a right to protest. Fredo Cuomo over there at the Constipated News Network says, where does it say you have to be peaceful? It actually says it in the First Amendment, you idiot. Peaceably assemble. But you have the right to peaceably assemble. You have the right to protest, therefore. You have the right to free speech. But that First Amendment was ratified not just by free northern states, but by southern slave states. The First Amendment. Can you believe that, Mr. Producer? It's true. So when it comes to protest, even if it's mostly peaceful, we need to throw it out. Because there's some DNA on the First Amendment by slave owners. It's true. It's true. So when you hear the very same people who trash our history talk about the right to protest, well, where does that right come from? It doesn't come out of thin air. It comes out of the Constitution. Well, who wrote it? Who adopted it and who ratified it? And the First Amendment, the Bill of Rights. Okay, who wrote it? Who adopted it and who ratified it? Two-thirds of Congress and three-fourths of the state legislatures, including slave states in the South. Let's move on. Due process. That's in the Bill of Rights, too. Equal protection. That's in the Bill of Rights, too. Warrants based on probable cause. That's in the Bill of Rights, too. Jury of your peers, speedy trials. That's all in the Bill of Rights. It's all in your Constitution. And the Bill of Rights was adopted in part by slave states. And yet all we hear about is, what about due process? 
the right to protest. People should be treated equally, equal protection. Where does all that come from? Who put that in the Constitution, Mr. Producer? A systemically racist white elite from the state legislatures in the U.S. Congress. They drafted, adopted, and ratified the Bill of Rights, the right to protest, the right to free speech, the right to due process, the right to equal protection, probable cause as a basis for a warrant or a search, jury of your peers, speedy trials. There's nothing in the Bill of Rights or the Constitution that says it only applies to white people. Nothing. Nothing. And so for to follow this mob and its violence to its logical extreme, none of these rights come out of thin air. They were put in our Constitution by free men and by slave owners. And they were put in our Constitution by free states and by slave states. And so why assert the Bill of Rights in the Constitution? If you denounce American history, you must denounce the Declaration of Independence in the Constitution. If you're going to pull down Thomas Jefferson's statues or desecrate them, then why wouldn't you desecrate and burn the Declaration of Independence, which was his brainchild? Why do you assert rights under the Constitution when the Constitution was adopted in Philadelphia by slave and free states and ratified by slave and free states? And in both cases, ratified exclusively the Declaration by white males. In the Constitution, adopted exclusively and drafted by white males. And in the states, you have to assume the vast, the overwhelming number of ratifiers were white males. And so my suggestion is when it comes to Black Lives Matter and when it comes to Antifa and when it comes to other violent, anti-American, Marxist, anarchist organizations... That if they're to be consistent, then neither the Declaration nor the Constitution apply to them. Why would they want something to apply to them that is tainted by these men and tainted by their states? Why just pull down statues? Why not burn up your, your rights and your liberties? The genesis of which is the Declaration and the Constitution. I'll be right back.
At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith, and their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion? All students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of the stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. So the principles in the Declaration of Independence, which are very humane, declaring what this new country would be and what it would be about, were uh, originally drafted by a slave owner. And those principles were adopted by every single state. Very transparently written down, promoted, and every one of the men who signed that Declaration of Independence had a death sentence over their heads. If the British captured them, they were going to hang them on the spot. And yet, this too is their legacy. The Declaration. All men are created equal. And this is what Abraham Lincoln explained over and over again when he was running for the Senate in 1858, when he was running for the presidency as president during the Civil War, when he ran for president during the second time around. Over and over again he explained this. Look at what they left us, he says. In the Constitution. With people trashing the founding, yet waving around the Constitution. Trashing the founding, yet asserting the Bill of Rights. Due process, equal protection, the right to protest, free speech, freedom of association. The very Constitution they would burn. And the people who wrote it, they have a statute, they'd yank it down. Remarkable, isn't it? I have a bit of very good news for you. Very good news. And the reason I didn't hit this story the last 48 hours is I wanted to see how this played out because it just didn't make a hell of a lot of sense to me. This is from the New York Post. News found in Bubba Wallace's stall a big misunderstanding. FBI. Bubba Wallace is the only black driver in NASCAR. A news found in the garage stall assigned to NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace Sunday at the Talladega Super Speedway had been there since October 2019. See, they have cameras everywhere, videos everywhere. Meaning the circuit's only full-time black driver was not the victim of a hate crime, the FBI concluded today. Quote, although the noose is now known to have been in garage number four in 2019, nobody could have known Mr. Wallace would be assigned to garage number four last week the FBI said in a statement. 
The FBI said it would not be pursuing federal charges. It deemed the object was a garage door pull rope fashioned like a noose. A garage door pull rope fashioned like a noose. But the immediate assumption is it's re- somebody did something that's racist. Many had thought the noose represented a hate crime against the 26-year-old Wallace, who two weeks ago led the charge for NASCAR to ban Confederate flags at all events and on its properties. The race at Talladega Speed, uh, Super uh, Speedway was postponed Sunday, and dozens of drivers pushed Wallace's car to the front of the field before the race took place Monday in an act of solidarity. I'm proud to stand where I'm at. The sport is changing, Wallace said afterward. The deal that happened Saturday, I wanted to show whoever it was, you're not going to take away my smile. Well, it was nobody. NASCAR in a statement Tuesday said, we appreciate the FBI's quick, thorough investigation and are thankful to learn that this was not an intentional racist act against Bubba. We remain steadfast in our commitment to proving a welcoming providing a welcoming and inclusive environment for all who love racing. Again, it was a garage door pull rope. Now, here's the thing. You go on social media, the propaganda and the demagoguery and the indoctrination is unbelievable. Those of you who don't hang around on social media, our young people are being filled with such thorough, Hate for this country. Have you seen it, Mr. Producer? Have you seen it, Mr. Call Screener? It's overwhelming. It's hate. And anybody who dares raise their voice says, now wait a minute. They are smothered. They're crushed. And they're certainly badly outnumbered. This is what's happened now with the internet and social media. It's pretty much been taken over by big tech and people who use it to really trash this great country. To really tear down this great country. And yet, the people who are... Here's the thing, and I said it in Liberty and Tyranny near the end of the book. Here's something we've... Meritopia. Here's something we've never quite figured out. And it's really impossible to figure out. Here's the puzzle. A free nation... cannot figure out how to protect its freedom from those who use the freedom... To destroy the nation. Do you understand what I'm saying Mr. Producer? So in other words. Liberty is used. By certain elements in a society. To destroy liberty. And unless you have people who are resolute. Who really care about their country and their freedom. Who care about their families and their homes. And what they've worked for. And are resolute about it. You can't survive. You know, when you look at these movements, whether it's national socialism or communism, when you look at Lenin and so forth, about 20% of the people were involved in the communist revolution. When you look at Nazi Germany, less than 20% were involved in overthrowing the government there. I'll be right back.
At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith, and their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion? All students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. Let me throw out another logic stream I've been thinking about here. The uh, violence you see in the street was triggered by the Democrat Party. And I'm not talking about a conspiracy thing. When you have a Democrat Party and a media, one and the same, that participates in an effort in collusion with the Democrat administration of Obama and Biden to destroy a candidate of the opposite party by using the FBI and the FISA court, among other things, and then try to destroy the presidency itself trying to undo an election by hook or by crook criminalize politics embrace illegal activity from a whistleblower illegal felonious leaks from people within the Obama administration and law enforcement and uh, when you have a Democrat party and a Democrat party media day in and day out, wrapping themselves in righteous indignation, and then you have them attacking constantly the people who voted for the president, the people who support the president, as un-American, as neo-Nazis. You breed violence. Because you're not accepting the peaceful transition of power. You're not even accepting the election results. You attack the Electoral College. And you turn everything into an impeachable event. And they're doing it still. They're going after Barr. And they're going after other people. So this effort you're seeing in the streets. Is the logical progression of what the Democrats did. And what the Obama administration did. When Trump was a candidate. Through his candidacy. Into his transition. And into his presidency. The Obama administration. And that includes bureaucrats. at The FBI and and the intelligence agencies. That includes his highest advisors. Susan Rice and the rest, the language they used, the lawlessness that they employed. And when you see the media participating in this, bringing in the most radical professors possible, bringing in the most fraudulent former FBI agents, former federal prosecutors to tell you that the president is Hitler, 
that the president is lawless, that the president is violating the Constitution, that the president is mentally ill, that the president is a dictator, you feed an eventual frenzy. That's what Pelosi and Schumer have done. That's what Biden is doing. That's what the Democrat Party is doing. When you treat Brett Kavanaugh the way you treated Brett Kavanaugh, with no remorse, with no second thought whatsoever, then anything goes. When you try and destroy the president as a human being and his family members and his staff, and you have legal analysts telling you, uh, well, he's in trouble. This is what you create in a society. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Democrat Party is evil. The Democrat Party has really never embraced the founding. It was the party of the Confederacy. It was the party of segregation, Jim Crow, literacy tests, poll taxes. Its members created and led the Ku Klux Klan for more than half a century. And they can point to this Civil Rights Act or that Civil Rights Act, but even in that respect, there were fewer Democrats as a percentage of the House and the Senate that voted for those laws than Republicans. It was the Republican Party that pushed through the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments. It was the Republican Party that pushed through the early civil rights statutes. The 1957 Civil Rights Act that nobody talks about, that was Eisenhower. And there's no way the 64 and 65 Civil Rights Act, 65 popularly referred to as the Voting Rights Act, could have passed without Republicans as Democrats were filibustering it. And now they have shifted from slavery and segregation to democratic socialism and and a soft form of Marxism, if you will. But never embracing the founding, always attacking it. Can't we have a president who proposes unity? When has the Democrat Party ever supported unity? They support intimidation, threats, force. That's who they are. That's what they do. They don't embrace the Constitution unless they can use it to destroy the Constitution, as I've said a thousand times. The media now are completely out of the closet. They used to be in the closet with their bias. Now they're out of the closet. Of course, a lot of that has to do with our president. They hate him so they can't control themselves. They're psychologically unhinged. They're insane. But more than that, their true ideology is impossible to conceal. They give each other awards for the people who can be most disruptive of presidential press conferences. They give each other awards for people who can be most disrespectful of the President of the United States. They don't give each other awards for the most professional journalist, the most objective journalist. Those days are over. Those days are over. The New York Times, the New York Times has really sunk. The New York Times has never been a good newspaper. Not for the last 100 years. It's a, a radical, politically driven gossip sheet. That's what it is. 
the Walter Durante Award. The Pulitzer Prize to a man who was a propagandist for Joseph Stalin, for God's sakes. And they ran his articles religiously, his newspaper articles. And the New York Times worked overtime, as I've explained over and over and over again, to cover up the Holocaust right up to 1944. Six million European Jews being horrendously slaughtered. The New York Times pushed it to the back pages when it rarely ever talked about it. Why? Because left-wing progressivism, Democrat Party politics, their love of FDR came first. That's why. That's why. These rioters, these people who are threatening, the phrases like systemic oppression, systemic racism, this is the natural next step and next steps from what's been going on in our politics. Even more than that, academia. Who do you think these professors are going to vote for, a Republican or a Democrat? So these have become indoctrination mills. Well, of course, you're going to learn a little science, a little math, a little philosophy. But in the end, that's what they are. Lawlessness begets lawlessness. They're going to throw around the moniker academic freedom when they reject academic freedom. They reject academic freedom. They reject liberty. They're tyrants. That's what they are. Tyrants. Joe Biden needs to be defeated. I've said this weeks ago. You can go back and listen to my broadcast. I don't need to play clips of them. I said, this is an election between liberty and tyranny. Others have picked up on it, put their own language in it. That's fine. But this election is bigger than the candidates, which I've also said. As the author of the book, Liberty and Tyranny. This election is bigger than the candidates. It's bigger than the parties. You're going to be voting on whether you want to be free or not. You're going to be voting on whether you encourage and support what's taking place or not. That's what you're going to be voting on. Your own liberty. The safety of your own community. Whether you believe in law and order, or whether that's just a far-off concept for you. You're going to be voting in this election for Antifa and Black Lives Matter, which support the Democrat Party. You heard the co-founder of Black Lives Matter on Jake Tapper. The goal is to get rid of Trump. That's the goal. You're going to be making those decisions in this election. This election is not about border security. I've said it before. I want to underscore it. Because there are a lot of plagiarists out there. But it doesn't matter. This is important. You're going to be voting over security, not even border security. You're going to be voting over liberty. 
this is a, a crucially important election. You're going to have to put aside the static. You're going to have to put aside the, the Lincoln Project filled with a bunch of sleazeball reprobates. They're irrelevant. People are going to have to understand who Joe Biden really is and who Joe Biden really isn't. Joe Biden is a vessel for the radical left. He's incapable of managing the office of the presidency, the most difficult job on the face of the earth. And yet the Democrats have him out there. The media want him to get elected. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, the pro sports leagues, the the, the sports broadcasters. Why do they all want Biden to win? Because they know he's an empty suit through which they can pour the Bernie Sanders policies and so forth. That's why. Why do you think Bernie Sanders is so aggressive in his support of Joe Biden? This election is, as, as my book says, an election now between liberty and tyranny. That's what it is. If you like the violence you see, if you like the statues coming down, if you like the censorship of movies and books through pressure, if you like what your kids are hearing and your grandkids, if you like the indoctrination that's taking place with them in classrooms and in social media where they turn around and they say to you, you, it's almost like they're strangers all of a sudden. What about systemic racism? What about systemic oppression? Repeating the lies of these iconic cultural figures. Well, you actually have the power to try and do something about it. Because I don't think we have a lot of time left. I really don't. And I don't know if it's too late. I really don't. I do notice one thing, Mr. Producer. These riots, these nighttime attacks on public property, including statues and buildings, they're not occurring in red areas. They're mostly not occurring in red states. They're occurring in Democrat cities and mostly Democrat states. Why is that? Because these radical Marxist anarchist groups have figured out nobody's going to stop them. Minneapolis was a test case. And now it's spread all across the blue cities and the blue states. So a lot of these women in the suburbs were told by Karl Rove and others, and I think accurately, who don't like Trump's tweeting or the things he says, they're leaning on voting for Biden. Let me ask you a question, Mr. Producer. Do you think they would vote for Biden if what you see in the inner cities spread to the suburbs? Do you think they would support law and order if what you see in the city spread to the suburbs? Do you think they would vote Democrat if what you see in these Democrat enclaves spread to the Republican enclaves? These women in the suburb, or suburbs, wherever they are, they better start thinking. Because this is a national movement. It's not a blue city movement. It's not a blue state movement. And if the stars align and they take the Senate and they keep the House and they win the presidency... What the hell do you think is going to happen to the country? 
I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith, and their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. I've got so many directions in which I want to go. It, sometimes it's just difficult because I only have three hours. And is the president also speaking, Mr. Producer? Okay, so what we'll do a little bit, just to set this up in the second hour, is we'll dip in and out of the president uh, and his speech in Arizona. I've got a lot here I want to cover as well. Uh, And I've got a lot I want to talk about that's not in the media, too. So this makes it a little bit more complicated. President today was on Fox and Friends. And look, he's very upset about what's going on with these monuments. You might say, why didn't you do something about it? Here's the problem. He can do something about federal monuments. He can do something about federal property. But we have these ex-generals who play to the media, Mattis, Kelly, Mullins, others, who've created an extraordinarily dangerous situation for the people of the United States and have tried to undercut the president's ability to use those presidential tools and powers that have existed for All presidents, certainly in modern times, like the Insurrection Act. The president has not used the Insurrection Act. The president has not federalized the National Guard. And yet he's accused of being a dictator. He's accused of wanting to, and in fact, turning the military against the people. When in fact he's done no such thing. And would these ex-generals say that about past presidents? We've got this John Bolton syndrome out there. We have a federal judge who ruled, look, I can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, so I can't stop this book from going out. But he lashes out at Bolton as potentially doing grave harm to our national security. Okay. So why is anybody talking to him? Well, why not, right? Any port in a storm when you're going after Donald Trump, that's the way it works. All right, we got a ton to do. I hope you'll stick with us. No repetition here. No plagiarism here. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. 
now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, You know, a confession. During the first 40 minutes or so of the program at the breaks, I was watching Brett Baer's interview of John Bolton. It's over. Brett Baer did a fabulous job, Mr. Producer, from what I could see. And I'm sure it'll be up on the... Uh, Fox website at some point here, but he did a fabulous job uh, from what I could see interviewing Bolton. Bolton was very slippery, as you have to be to write what he wrote. But job well done. All right, I've made a decision. We're going to listen a little bit to the president as he's speaking to students for Trump convention in Phoenix, Arizona, and we'll come out and we'll go in and out. Go ahead, Mr. Producer. Give me the COVID-19. I said, that's an odd name. I could give you many, many names. Some people call it the Chinese flu, the China flu, right? They call it the China as opposed to the China. I've never seen anything like it. But here's the story. We are going to be stronger than ever before, and it's going to be soon. And I think you'll remember, you know, now Biden's going around like he's a tough guy. You know, he doesn't know where the hell he is. Where are, where are you, Joe? Joe, where are you, Joe? Tell me where you are, Joe. But he's going around, I stood up for China. You know, his son walked out with 1.5 billion to manage. And what he did, where's Hunter? Remember I said, where's Hunter? They came out with this t-shirt and some guy made a fortune. Where's Hunter? Where's, by the way, where is Hunter? Man, he did well as vice president. Could you imagine how Hunter's going to do if this guy ever won? And the father could honestly say, I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) He could raise his hand. (laughs) Kaylee, where's Kaylee? Where's Kaylee? Where's Kaylee? Where's Mark Kaylee? What a job she's done, our press secretary. Now you know why Biden doesn't want four debates, by the way. Everyone's doing well, our press secretary, these press secretary. I mean, Sarah's going to be the governor of Arkansas pretty soon, I hope. Sean's got his own show, and this one here, she could run whatever else she wanted, but I said, don't run. Don't run, just stay here. We like the job you're doing. No, we're doing great. I stood up to China like no other administration in history. For decades, they've ripped us off. They ripped us off like By the way, do you know how much of this is covered by CNN and MSNBC? Almost none of it. We took in billions and billions of dollars. They devalued their currency. You know, they like to say, our people paid. No, no, no. Our people didn't pay. They devalued their currency in order to pay it. And they also put money out there. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to sell their product. But... What happened for many years, there's nobody ever that ripped off the United States like China. Nobody. 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 
So now we did a deal, but you know, the ink wasn't dry when the, when the plague flew in. The ink wasn't dry. The deal was great. Everybody was happy. I was thrilled. $250 billion worth of purchases over a short period of time. All great. But the ink wasn't dry, and we got hit by the plague, so I'm not too happy about that. <laughs> but the long, slow surrender is over because today and every day, we are putting now America first. America comes first. We sparked a revolution in domestic energy production in the United States is now the number one producer of oil and natural gas anywhere on planet Earth. America, as of a couple of years ago, is no longer energy dependent. We are now energy dominant. And because our energy use went down so much during this uh, pandemic, it was a very, very bad period of time because we have 10 million jobs, energy jobs. And now we have the oil price up where it should be, and yet people are paying very little for gasoline. That's like the perfect thing, right? That's the perfect thing to do. And I signed groundbreaking criminal justice reform, which nobody was able to get done. Very important. Very important. Very important. I secured record and permanent funding for historically black colleges and universities. Nobody knows that. And we created Opportunity Zones along with Tim Scott. All right, let's break out briefly here. You know, it's very interesting to me. A couple of years ago, and I can even tell you the month. I believe it was August 2018 give or take. And there was a poll that came out that showed that the president had a favorability rating among African-American men of 25%. Remember that, Mr. Producer? 25% and rising. And then I could see the Democrats and the media immediately turn the switch to try and paint Trump as a racist. Because you understand, if he gets 25% of the black male vote, he wins. He wins. And they know this. And so, as you understand, the media, those of you who listen to this program and read on Freedom of the Press, you understand what the media are and what they've become. So they immediately genuflected and said, okay, we have got to paint this guy as a racist. We've got to bring in these, these radical left professors. We know who they are. And we have to pound away and pound away and pound away on Trump the racist, Trump the racist. Can you tell me one thing Trump has done that is racist? Well, you know, he uh, immediately, you know, when it came to immigration, he put a hold, a temporary uh, uh, reprieve on uh, a respite, you might call it, on, uh, on immigrants coming into the United States from six or seven or eight Muslim countries. That's not what he did. These were countries that did not have a vetting capacity. These were countries that were having a civil war. These are countries that were exporting, willingly or not, terrorists. And he wanted to protect America. The largest Muslim countries were not even included on the list. 
but it didn't matter. This is how they treat this president. Then they take his Charlottesville, Virginia comments and twisted those. And I'm not going to keep going through that. You can do it yourself or go back on a uh, daily recap on the Mark Levin Show uh, website. But the president didn't say that the Klansmen or neo-Nazis were fine people. He said there were fine people there who didn't want the statues pulled down. There were people there who didn't want the statues pulled down who weren't part of the Klan or the neo-Nazi movement. That's a fact. That's a fact. I mean, who the hell is a Republican that supports the Klan or the neo-Nazis? Can you name one? I mean, this is so ridiculous. First of all, the Democrat Party effectively creates the Klan, and somehow the Republicans get painted with it. But he's never supported them. He's never said he supported them, anything of the sort. Now, when it comes to the Democrats, if you say, will you take support from Violent rioters? What violent rioters? They're mostly peaceful protesters. Why are you distracting us with violent rioters? How about Black Lives Matter, an anti-Semitic organization whose co-founders have said that they are, that they are Marxists, they're anarchists. They want to destroy our history. They want to destroy the country. Start with a clean slate, as Marx told them. Well, you're just trying to distract us. That's not the mainstream of the party, but we're an embracing party. Despite the fact that that ideology has killed 100 million human beings. You know, you and I say, we have nothing to do with fascists. We want nothing to do with tyrants. Whether they're communists, whether they're they're dictators, whether they're fascists, whatever the hell they are, we want nothing to do with them. But the Democrats embrace Castro, you got the Mayor Camio who embraced uh, the communist who, uh, who's a brutal thug that runs Nicaragua, Ortega. You've got that going on. They never have to say, no, no, we, that's too crazy. We can't back people like that with blood on their hands. No. It was too much for Joe Biden to say in any really thorough way during the course of the several weeks of the riots. I reject the riots. It was like, uh, where am I? Uh, healthcare for all. Uh, you know, uh, Trump's a racist. Uh, and that writing there, you know, we don't support that. Uh, okay, and, and that was it, pretty much. Has the Democrat Party come out against any of this? Of course not. This is part of their base. These people are going to vote Democrat. Whatever their race, they're going to vote Democrat. Do you hear the condemnation from the Democrat Party for the pulling down of statues? For the desecration of Lincoln or Washington? Do you hear that? You don't hear it anywhere. Nowhere. Nowhere. Do you hear the condemnation of these Democrat left-wing mayors? The mayor of Seattle. Is she denounced by Pelosi or Schumer? Never. Never. Mayor of Minneapolis? No. Mayor of New York? No. Mayor of D.C.? No. They're all Democrats. That's why. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? 
This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. You know, folks, like I say, I tell you, Inside Baseball, our podcast. Did you see those numbers, Mr. Producer? I was off a week last month for obvious reasons, because my little guy Barney passed away. And I'll tell you something, you dog lovers out there, I can't shake it. Early in the morning and late at night especially, I can't shake it. Anyway... Um, our numbers on the podcast, even though I was out for a week, are massive. Most podcasts, they're an hour, maybe two hours at length a day, but typically an hour and 90 minutes. They are whatever they are because they don't have hard breaks. Most podcasts are not podcasts of a radio show. The podcasters have to do a separate show. Well, I do a three-hour radio show. Most of them do not. Liberal, conservative, whatever they are. And what we decided to do is streamline it so there's less commercial breaks and really make it very professional. We want you to listen to your radio, but we know everybody can't. Or we know there's times when program directors interfere with the program, preempt us. Sometimes we run very late, and people don't want to stay up that late. Most of the time we're live. But apart from what is done on radio, you have your own lives, right? So while you may listen to the radio most of the time, maybe you're in the car at the dinner table, what have you, there are other times when you can't. You have other things going on. While there's not a rerun of the program on radio, And so I've been of the position that we need to make the ability to listen to this show as easy as possible on as many platforms as possible, as compelling and interesting as possible. Because without you, there's no radio, there's no mark, there's none of this. So that's our podcast. It's a very professional podcast. And we try to make it available to you. We do make it available to you so that you can listen to it anytime, day or night, and listen to it many times. Now on our webpage our website. We do the same thing. You can stream the show. You can download our app, Mark Levin app, so you can carry the show with you anywhere. Or you can listen to the show that's archived. Now, this is what guys who write books, they include me in their books. This is what they do. They never interview me. And of course, they cut out most of the salient things that we say on this program, like everything I've said the last hour and a half. And they'll cherry pick it. Or people who despise me, for whatever reason, they'll do the same thing. One bad joke you might have told in 2008, wasn't even a bad joke. 
which was a takeoff on Churchill. They'll repeat it over and over because they're, they're munchkins. That's what they are. So the podcast has just gone through the roof. Those of you who don't use the podcast, maybe you will one day. Maybe you'll need to. Because if I'm ever driven off radio, I'll just stick to my podcast. You know, it used to be that people would get boats and have to broadcast from like in the ocean, Mr. Producer, outside of the range of their license in international waters. I'll just go to the podcast, that's all. And I think it'll be the biggest podcast in America. Can you imagine if I did one or two hours every day, wasn't on radio, just did a podcast? Don't you think it'd be the biggest in America, Mr. Producer? Be massive. Massive. That's not my plan, but, you know, plans change. You never know what's going to happen. But I'd like you to download uh, the platform for the podcast, so just in case, at any time, you'll be able to listen to the show. Anytime you choose to listen to the show, you're your own program director. Here's what you do. You go to marklevinshow.com, M-A-R-K-L-E-V-I-N. By now, hopefully, you can spell it, marklevinshow.com. That's the mothership. That's the big website. When you get to that home page there, you'll see at the middle of the top of the home page a link that's called Audio Rewind. You click on that link on Audio Rewind. So that's your second click. That'll take you to the podcast page. We made this as easy as possible. It's three steps, three clicks. And you'll have a choice. You can do the Apple Podcast, which appears to be the most popular right now. The Google Podcast, you can use Stitcher. There are other ways to do it, too, but those are three we recommend because they're quite clear and they're, they're very reliable. And you just download the app. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher. For those of you who are older, like me, and you're not sure how to do this, it's very, very simple. Or ask a, one of your kids or grandkids to do it. But it's very, very simple. And you say, why do I need it? Trust me, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. I'm not f- forecasting anything. Although we are endlessly attacked by people who want to wipe me off of Twitter. We're endlessly attacked uh, in some of the areas of the country with our affiliates, people trying to knock us off. But this is the nature of pulling down statues and pulling movies and everything else off TV. It's becoming commonplace. So MarkLevinShow.com, click on the audio rewind middle at the top of the home page. You'll go to the podcast page and pick the platform you want. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher. We'd like as many of you to participate as possible. And finally, then we'll move on. Join us at Facebook and Twitter. It's Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. The more the merrier. And I post a hell of a lot on there. A hell of a lot. And things that are not just regurgitation. I give you my opinion. Things I find that I think are compelling. That can affect your life and affect our liberty. So it's Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter, where we are extremely active. Are you there? Well, why not? Join us. All right, I'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. 
Mark has banned you from the show. We have a special number you can call to reach him, 877-381-3811. Mortgage rates have been pushing their way lower and lower this year, and now more loan options are surfacing with rates under 3%. Wow. First time in my lifetime. So if you haven't already refinanced or you've been waiting for the right time to call, you really ought not be waiting anymore. And I know just the people to help, my friends at American Financing, they help Mr. Producer. This is all true. And they help my daughter. This is a family-owned company that's been helping people just like you for over 20 years, lowering rates, paying off debt, and financing new home purchases. I'm telling you, you're going to save a fortune every month. Imagine over the years where you own this home. And I really like them because they guide you through loan options, helping you find the right program to meet your needs. They're not pushy. They're not condescending. They're conversational. They want to do exactly what you want to do. So make today the day you get the free mortgage review I've been telling you about. See if you can save up to $1,000 a month and multiply that over a number of years. There's no pressure, no upfront fees, just a simple conversation around ways you can save. You may even be able to postpone two mortgage payments. This is like free money. This is found money. Call 888-900-1828. That's their number, and they're there right now. 888-900-1828. 888-900-1828. Or you can go online, AmericanFinancing.com. Net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right. We're just going to be flexible. Let's tap into the president and his speech that's currently going. The broke out in our nation's capital. I quickly deplored. I came in. I deployed the National Guard very quickly. Mark Meadows was there. We had a lot of our people there. We stopped the violence. We saved that incredible... Statue, you saw it last night, and restored peace and order to the streets. Although I will tell you, they did great damage to the cannons that were on the ground. They did great damage, but we'll get them fixed. We'll get them fixed. Lock them up, yeah. Lock them up. You know what? Let's just pop, pop this down a second. In the in a in a in a just world, let me put it this way. We'd find out where these people live, and we'd find out where the headquarters of these organizations are. We'd do the same damn thing to them. What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? I'm not speaking as an official in the government. I'm not speaking as a lawyer. I'm speaking as an American. We are on defense. They're destroying our institutions. They're destroying monuments. They're destroying cannons. They're destroying stuff. Well, maybe if some of their stuff were affected the same way, they wouldn't be so giddy about it. Now, I'm not promoting it. Oh, my Lord. I'm not provoking anything. I'm just saying. It's interesting that these anarchists, it all goes one way. It all goes one way. When you look around the world and you look at history, civil wars don't go one way. They go both ways. People have to pay a price. But not in modern-day America. Modern-day America, you're viewed as some kind of a civil rights leader if you're violent, if you're an arsonist, if you're a looter, if you're attacking churches, you're attacking synagogues, you're attacking monuments. 
You're a liberator. No, 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 no. I'm not advocating anything. I'm just, this is an analysis. This is, this is what you do. We'll be right. I mean, go ahead. It's great to be out here in Phoenix. I, this is the first time I've ever been here. And I've got to say it's been the experience. Of All right. I don't know who that is, so we're not going to uh, spend a lot of time on this. Now, that said, the governor of Arizona chose uh, McSally as the senator there, and she's up for election. She lost her first election. And I hope very, very much she wins. I really do. I really want her to win. All these Republicans, as much as you may hate some of them, they need to win. Trust me on this, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, this election isn't about parties even. It's, not, it's about your personal liberty. Your family's safety. Your right to own what you've worked for. Everything's up for grabs right now. Everything. And we better turn out. We better turn out en masse. And we better push these people into office. We'll deal with them later in terms of their policies. Because we need a firewall between us and tyranny. We need a firewall between us and the Democrat Party and their media. We need a firewall between these city mayors and these blue state governors. And that's all we have right now. That's all we have. So you're going to need to turn out in big numbers, which means you're going to need to do something differently. Not just vote yourselves, but make sure you bring five or ten people who will also vote. And convince these women in the suburbs that they better vote Republican or they're going to pay a very severe price. Did you know Mary Poppins is racist? Did you hear about this one, Mr. Producer? The Independent, an American academic... These really aren't academicians. These are really left-wing hack know-nothings who have tenure. Has criticized Mary Poppins for projecting racial stereotypes. Saying Dame Julie Andrews' character wears blackface during one scene. Writing for the New York Times. The New York Times. If we didn't have the New York Times, we'd have a much better country. We'd even have a freer press. Writing for the New York Times, Professor Daniel Pollack-Pelsner, a gender studies professor. Now, if you're a gender studies professor, Mr. Producer, what does that mean? You stare at genders all day long? A gender studies professor at Linfield College, Oregon, which almost nobody's heard of, sharply criticizes the scene where Mary Poppins joins Dick Van Dyke's chimney sweep, Bert, to dance on a rooftop. The pair both get covered in suit, as the dance number Step in Time is performed. Pollock Pelsner says that while the scene may be comic, the author of the Mary Poppins book, P.L. Travers, often associated chimney sweeps, blackened faces with racial caricatures. I told you, these people are insane. We're talking about a scene where they come out of a chimney. And they have suit on themselves. It's not black face. It's not black anything. He points to one scene in Mary Poppins opens the door in which a sweep reaches out to a woman with his darkened hand. To which she replies, don't touch me, you black heathen. She's not talking about his race. She's talking about the suit. S-O-O-T. 
Later, the sweep approaches a cook who uses the slur for black South Africans, Hettentonat, to describe the character. I don't even know what that is. And it goes on. After the article appeared online, many fans of the films responded vehemently, one person calling the piece ridiculous, while another calling it manufactured controversy, which is exactly what it is. But it doesn't matter. Disney, I believe, owns it. So they're going to need like a, uh, some kind of a, an explanation on the film. Cover your children's eyes because this may demonstrate systemic racism. Now, Mr. Producer, I am watching a camera take of the people standing outside in Lafayette Park again. Uh, sort of like a, a it looks like a Jim Jones scene, really. I hope nobody's going to be handing out the drink, the Kool-Aid. And they're staring at the statue of, uh, I believe it's Jackson. Oh, they're at the Emancipation Statue. D.C. protesters rally at the Emancipation Statue. And I'm looking at these people, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I have to generalize, since the media doesn't exactly tell us who they are. The vast majority of them look like college students. The vast majority of them look like they've come out of the suburbs or they've come out of gentrified parts of Washington, D.C. The vast majority of them are white. who are down for the revolution, down for the struggle. I really wish that we had serious reporters who would go into the crowd. This is not a violent crowd right now. They're mostly peaceful. And find out who they are, where they're from, what college they went to, all that sort of. But you don't get that. And the media love it. They love it. This constant tension. And at night, constant violence. They're all prepositioned with their cameras. They love it. This is what media have become. We've got to see constant struggle. Except when it comes to CNN, they put a wall outside their building, didn't they, Mr. Producer? And they build it very fast. Build it very fast. Mary Poppins? And what else? One movie after another? One individual after another. All right, let's go to our calls, Mr. Producer. I don't have the uh, screen up right now as I'm monitoring all these things. Let us, uh, who, who do you recommend? KVML, Edgar in California, go. Edgar, you're on. Hi, Mark. Um, I'm calling about the American dream. Yes. First of all, uh, well, let me back up. Mark, thank you. I appreciate everything you do. And yes, sir. I wish you keep going. Um, the American dream. Listen, uh, all these football players, basketball players, all these professionals, uh, they claim to claim, uh, they claim, claim, claim that black lives matter. Why don't they come back over here to the small cities like East Palo Alto, uh, Oakland, and, uh, you know, Menlo Park, the little cities where big companies have taken over, yet there's no companies that are uh, helping out the small guy. Well, you're saying, why don't they come into some of the rough neighborhoods? Yeah, they're too busy. I mean, East, East Palo Alto is one of them, I, I can tell you. Why don't, they, why don't they live there? Why don't they send their kids there? Is it because they're racists? 
No, sir. It's because they're dangerous. Uh, right? No, sir. It's because they have too much money. That's what I'm saying. They live among these systemically racist, quote-unquote, correct? No, they are not. They, they, well, this guy doesn't get a single one of my jokes. Racist. All I right, Edgar, know. thank you, my brother. I appreciate your call. Tom, a Red Bank, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go ahead. Tom, go. Hey, Mark, good evening. Thank you for taking my call. Um, you got it. Are you on a speaker or something? No, I'm on my cell phone. Okay, talk right into the mouthpiece. Okay. Hope you can hear me. Go ahead. Um, you started the show by talking about Jefferson. I, I, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are aware, and I'm positive you are, that when he first, when Jefferson first wrote the uh, Declaration of Independence, he wrote slavery out of it. He, yes, he did. And it was and taken out by Georgia and South Carolina, who said, uh, we're not in unless you remove that. Yeah, pardon me. If they weren't in, there'd be no United States. I mean, it's a bad place to build a, a democracy, but you know, it is, you know, it is what it is. I, I uh, you know, I can't help but thinking, and I'm, I'm sure you may have. Jefferson was a guy that uh, was madly in love with a black woman, a number of children by her, and you see these reunions that they've had over the years with the Hemings family and the, and the Jefferson's family. I, I, I have a different statement that's going to shock people. I don't understand. Are we supposed to know our history or burn down our history? Well, look, our history is our history. No, I, I got that. Thank you for your call. Our history is our history. You know what that is, Mr. Producer? A fortune cookie. Here's my point. Are we supposed to know our history or destroy our history? What is it? Here's also what I know. People today are not slaves, white, black, or indifferent. Jewish, Christian, or indifferent. There is no segregation today. No segregation today. Period. There is no legally sanctioned bigotry or racism, whether against Chinese Americans who faced it, Irish Americans who faced it, any other Americans who faced it. Period. We're a free people. Everybody's free. Everybody's free. As Shelby Steele likes to say, you're free. Do whatever you want, legally, of course. Who's stopping you? Well, the system. System's not stopping anybody. You want to create something? Create something. People are looking for jobs. I drove down the street this morning. They, They have a big truck with a big sign on it. Construction jobs. You're free. Everybody's free. So we can debate what took place in history, which we talk about all the time here. We can talk about statues. But there's really no excuse anymore. And so a lot of this is an excuse-making industry. And there's a lot of people pouring their own selfish, personal interests into these debates. Whether they're wealthy athletes or wealthy actors, whether they're Democrat mayors, Democrat governors, what have you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
For those of you who do care about your little kids learning about uh, peace officers, that's what we used to call them. I'm pleased to say that Amazon now does have enough copies of Our Police. Um, so if you, uh, you have a child who's anywhere from the age of three, say, to seven or eight, uh, it's the perfect book to teach respect about our police officers and law enforcement. I know that's out of vogue these days, but not here on the Mark Levin Show. So you can go to Amazon.com, and the book is called Our Police. Our Police. While they last, because uh, there's only so many in print at this point. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated you never use it. This is exactly the type of security system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. They believe that simple is safer, and it's exactly why Simply Safe is the home security for right now, when feeling safe at home has never been more important. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24/7. Order online with the click of a button. Open the box, place the sensors, plug it in. And your home is protected around the clock. It is a fantastic cutting-edge technology system. No technician or salesperson has to come and disrupt your house. No drilling, no lifting the carpet or the wood floors, none of that stuff. Head to simplysafemark.com, simplysafemark.com, and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee if you act now. Now, you really do need to secure your home. Because sometimes when you call the police, well, the mayor's not going to let them come. So that's simplysafemark.com, simplysafemark.com to make sure you know and they know that I sent you. It's very important to have that protection. You know what, Mr. Producer, here's my view. With Simply Safe and the Second Amendment, you're in pretty good shape. That's what we do at the Levin Bunker. We actually do more than that. But we have our Simply Safe and we have our multiple weapons and our thousands of rounds. You know, just because we like Target shooting. I like to shoot targets, Mr. Producer. That's what I do. That's what I do. Second Amendment, it's a great thing. You know what they say? The Second Amendment protects all the others. I believe that's true. Get proper training. Get comfortable with your, uh, with your weapon. Um, and you do follow the law, follow all the rules, and you'll be in good shape. I promote all the amendments to the Constitution. That is all the Bill of Rights, all the first ten amendments. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. So much was made 
of the NASCAR uh, driver, uh, Wallace, and this noose, Bubba Wallace. But there was no noose. It was a rope pull on a garage. And it had been there for some time before Bubba Wallace was ever assigned that garage. So that was a non-issue. This is what we call a pseudo-event, or fake news, as the president says. So there's no hate crime because there was no hate. And you know damn well the media are disappointed with this. You know damn well. And we should be celebrating it. That's great. And, you know, we should be celebrating the fact that in this country, the vast majority of people get along with each other regardless of their differences. But there are ideological groups, there are media groups, there's a Democrat party. That doesn't serve their purpose. That's not their model. That's not their model. Constant tumult, or worse, that's their model. I'm going to read this to you because it underscores what I've been talking about, about education. I'm probably the only talk show host, conservative talk show host in America who actually served on a school board. Uh, And I was elected to my school board in my town when I was 19. I was in law school and uh, served on there almost three years. I saw what took place. I saw how the unions tried to control everything and in many ways did. So this is from Forbes. Former Vice President Joe Biden, the presumptive Democratic candidate for president, has reaffirmed his plan to cancel student loan debt to stimulate the economy and reduce racial disparities in higher education. Now, this is new. This is the first time I've heard, Mr. Bedusa, that canceling student loan debt reduces racial disparities in higher education. See, they can't say it reduces racial disparities because two-thirds of Americans have never gone to a four-year college and um, there's an awful lot of minorities who don't go to college. So they're saying racial disparities in higher education. So now they have racialized the elimination of the student debt. So this is what the Democrats do. They sit there and try and figure out how can we work people up How can we go after a particular constituent group? How can we create a particular constituent group? Biden previously released his student loan plan in April. His proposal would forgive all undergraduate federal student loan debt for borrowers who attended public colleges and universities, as well as historically black colleges and universities. Well, those are colleges and universities. And private minority-serving institutions. Borrowers would earn an income of le- who earn an income of less than one hundred twenty-five thousand per year will be eligible for student loan forgiveness. Biden's plan also provides for debt-free community college and free college and public colleges and universities for all families who make under one hundred twenty-five thousand per year. He would crack down on predatory for-profit colleges, allowing borrowers to obtain loan forgiveness if they are defrauded by these schools, which disproportionately prey on students of color. They do? Which ones? Which schools are we talking about? Which ones? Name them. The reason the left keeps talking about and keeps pushing free college is because colleges are the base of their indoctrination. 
because colleges are promoting Marxism and democratic socialism, because colleges are very pro-Democrat Party. You can be sure, it's just like with the the, the border, you can be absolutely 100% certain if colleges were graduating people who were entrepreneurs or capitalists and people believe in those sorts of things, they wouldn't be promoting student forgiveness and they wouldn't be promoting free college. Now, this is where we need to push back. We need a thorough examination of our university systems, a thorough examination of how they spend money, a thorough examination of tenure, a thorough examination of what they are churning out. That is, is there truly academic freedom on these campuses? Is there truly free speech on these campuses? Are the textbooks promoting uh, education, thought processes, analyses, the ability to, to cope, and so forth? Or are they promoting an ideology? We're paying for all this, ladies and gentlemen. And while they're destroying academic freedom, they're hiding behind academic freedom. And so Biden doesn't want to look at any of that. We're spending hundreds of billions of dollars a year on this. And so what Biden is saying is we want to make it easier for more people to go to these schools and to be indoctrinated. And then they wrap it in this whole racism mantra. Now, this is what you're going to get in a Biden presidency. They want to pretend that he's a moderate, but his policies are hardly moderate. Biden reaffirmed his support for student loan forgiveness and debt-free college. Black and Latinx students, this is Forbes, Latinx students, how quickly our language changes, are typically underserved by public colleges and universities, and historically black colleges are historically underfunded. Now, nowhere in this, this is Forbes magazine. Nowhere in here do they say that Donald Trump has put more money into historically black colleges and has a funding base in place for historically black colleges which Obama never did and Clinton never did and no president ever did. Trump did it. And how does that not get mentioned in this article? That's a rhetorical point. Many student loan experts, they write, and consumer advocates agree that student loan forgiveness is a mechanism to reduce racial disparities in higher education. Really? Consumer advocates and loan experts? Racial disparities. Student debt cancellations remain a long shot in the Republican-controlled Senate, they write. But with increasing public support and the possibility of a Democrat takeover of the Senate following the November election, student loan forgiveness is no longer a far-fetched idea. So we will continue to be funding the hard left Marxist professors, bloated universities, and their empire building. And if you oppose it, you're obviously a racist who believes in racial disparities and a systemically racist system uh, is a system that you obviously support. You see how it works? You got to push back against this. It's a lie. And uh, the Democrats... 
I said, look, the Democrat Party's at war with this country, and it's never been a, country, a party that's really embraced Americanism, and it's never going to be. That's how these radical groups and others can, uh, can reject it and oppose it. All right, Mr. Producer, let's take another caller or two, shall we? To whom shall I speak? 870, the great KRLA, Lee in California. How are you? I'm okay. You're the North Star, kiddo, let me tell you. Well, thank uh, you. You know, first of all, the Sunday show with Ellis about the uh, breakup Prof- of... Yeah, Professor history. Ellis was great, wasn't he? Uh, he was. He really was. I'm, you know, I'm just... They're, dest- they're, they're, they're destroying history. Uh, they're fooling around with science. What I want to know is, once, once we have all these schools, you know, under the Biden program or any, any non, non-productive program, what are they going to start? What are they going to start changing also? Books? Art? What are they going to teach? Books? Art? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Film? I mean, what kind of, you know... People- you, you know, when the Soviet Union fell, and I've talked about this over the years, when the Soviet Union fell... The last place for the Soviet mindset was the college, American college and university campuses. These are Soviet Stalinist-like institutions. That's exactly what they are. And we keep funding them and funding them. And the Democrats want them to be free and they can wrap it in racism or whatever they want. They want to get rid of the student loans. Um, uh, when whenever Bernie Sanders proposed something, you need to look below the surface because free college, free college. Why do you want free college? Well, why do you think? We can have more and more people being graduated who hate America. Exactly. That's why. You, you know, the other thing, now I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. When Bill Ayers uh, stopped being an active domestic terrorist, he went into education. Yes, he did. So and did his wife. Yes, and they taught teachers, people mm-hmm. who were going to become teachers. That's, you know, because where did all of this come? And let's, let's face it, what was that, 50 years ago? So, you know, out of the 60s. So that's where all these people and their progeny have come from. Lee, this is why I'm convinced, and the media won't go into these crowds during the day, when, you know, when they're mostly peaceful, uh, and find out who these people are. And I guarantee you, you'll find a lot of them are members of the National Education Association the American, uh, and the uh, American Federation of Teachers because they're very radical. They're very well organized. You'll find that a lot of these are college students who have nothing to do this summer, maybe graduate students. You'll find many of them are bureaucrats. Um, not all, obviously. I'm just saying you'll find that. And uh, it's the American left, the part of the Democrat Party. And that's why the Democrats are not condemning it. You want to know why else, Lee? Because how much you want to bet Pelosi, Schumer, Biden, and many of the others know exactly what these groups are, what these groups are doing, and who they are. I think you're absolutely – I put money on the table for that. And you know what? This a co-founder of Black Lives Matter let the cat out of the bag. When she told Jake Dapper, who stood there with a constipated look like he always does because he doesn't know what to say and he obviously supports the effort – uh, when she when he said, "Are you going to vote for Biden?" and she said, "We got to get rid of Trump. We got to get rid of Trump." There's a reason why all of this is happening now. There's a reason why the media are celebrating this. There's a reason why uh, 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 that it's going to continue up to the general election. And there's a reason why they keep saying to Trump, "While the Democrats are disuniting America," and I've talked about this over the years, he's supposed to unite America. Well, I mean, that's pretty tough to do when the Democrats are intentionally disuniting Americans. And a lot of these people who are doing a lot of these things 
are Democrats and they're voting Democrat. I don't think a lot of them are Republicans voting for Trump. Do you, Lee? No, I, I, I no. That I think you're absolutely right. I, you know, I, it's funny that that expression, "knowledge is power." There are some, you know, the Pelosi, the other side, the the anarchists, the, the Pelosi, that gang. Uh, they know what they're doing. The people who that who are the useful idiots who run around. Uh, at the, you know, and, and the people who buy and, and the peaceful people who buy into the compassion and all this business, that's not knowledge. Well, they, they are absolutely monopolizing social media now and indoctrinating young kids about systemic racism. And even if you don't believe in BLM, what about racism and so forth and so on? Um, when, in fact, this is such a magnificent country and, and, and most people do get along. Yes, and social media is, is, the, is the digital version, I think, of burning books, burning anything that's valuable, or, or, or Pandora's box has been open. Uh, and it's, 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 it's scary. I mean, it's just, uh, you kind of wonder how you turn this around. I mean, how you turn this, start to turn this around. Well, I, it's a very complicated and difficult question. I want to thank you for your call. We'll be right back. in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I don't see a crowd forming in Washington, D.C. around the Franklin Delano Roosevelt Memorial. Do you? Well, he rounded up 120,000 Japanese Americans and Americans of Japanese ancestry and forcibly removed them from their homes and took their homes and businesses from them. Uh, And he had the military do. There was a military order. I don't hear... Colin Powell and Mattis and Kelly and Mullins and all the others pointing to that. The great Franklin Roosevelt, always number one when you, when you get a survey of these history professors in Ivy League schools and other schools. He's the greatest president in American history. Why? Because he was a socialist. That's why. Let's be honest. And the Democrats love the guy. But we don't have to protect his memorial. His memorial isn't being pulled down. All over the country. It's Theodore Roosevelt. What about Franklin Roosevelt? We have Roosevelt Boulevards. We have these. No, not Franklin. Why? Democrat. Socialist. Woodrow Wilson was a, was a racist. There's absolutely no question about this. 
But he was a founding father of the American progressive movement. He was one of the leading intellectuals of his time before he became president of Princeton and so forth and so on. But he was a son of Virginia. He was a racist. He was a segregationist. He was a full-throated bigot. We don't have to protect any of his memorials or any of his buildings. No. Robert Byrd. Mr. Producer, didn't we play... Dig those up, will you? I don't mean to clear that. So after the bottom of the hour, we can play... Nancy Pelosi and Barack Obama. Robert Byrd. He was the Grand Klegel. I don't even know what the hell a Grand Klegel is. Of the Klan in West Virginia. There was no Klan in West Virginia. West Virginia broke off from Virginia. West Virginia, the vast majority of it, sided with the Union. But Robert Byrd, the longest-serving senator in American history, and a dear, dear friend of every Democrat who ever served in the Senate, a man who helped filibuster the Civil Rights Act, Robert Byrd, they vote for him. So, so impressed are they, they make him their majority leader, the Democrats in the Senate. And when the Republicans take over, they make him the minority leader. And after that, they make him chairman of the Appropriations Committee. When he turned into like Biden, when he couldn't put a sentence together, they'd roll him in and roll him out. The Democrats stand by their men. Not their men 100 and 150 years ago, but their men today. The good, the bad, the ugly. Nancy Pelosi's father. Nobody asks her about her father. Nobody can get close enough to ask her about her father. I'm not answering that question. <laughs> As her forehead shifts down to her chin. And by the way, does she have four eyebrows now, Mr. Producer? Look, I'm not putting her down. I'm just asking. Something's going on there. But anyway. Can't ask about it. And then I've said to you before, we have the Russell Senate office building. Richard Russell of Georgia was a segregationist. Also a very, very close friend of John Kennedy's, by the way. Ooh, don't touch that. Don't touch that. I won't. So, Richard Russell. We have the Russell Senate office building. Has there been a single proposal to change the name of the Russell Senate office building? This is the problem. With these purges, historically and today. There's no end to this. It's not funny. It's enormously dangerous. There's massive censorship going on right now. Censorship of history, censorship of movies, censorship of books, censorship of people. And it's going to get uglier and uglier because this is a violent Democrat Party mob. And we've seen violent Democrat Party mobs in the past. No, I'm not talking about the Civil Rights Movement. That wasn't a Democrat Party movement. That was a movement of blacks in churches in the South. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the Democrat Party. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. 
More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. hate him or really really hate him the great one is on the air at 877-381-3811 well first nancy pelosi june 29 2010 we've played this but sometimes people aren't here throughout the entire show i know that's shocking but it's true just 10 years ago june 29th almost 10 years ago to the day on the floor of the house of representatives Nancy Pelosi, I believe, was speaker then, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Robert Byrd had passed, and she wanted to make a few comments about Robert Byrd. Now, I hope you're listening, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, LeBron James, Steph Curry, Greg Papovich, uh, you know, all you who are down for the revolution. While you're busy tearing down monuments, here we have a living, breathing monument. Her name is Nancy Pelosi. She's the one who doesn't blink. Go. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I'm honored to join you, uh, Chairman Rahal, uh, Congresswoman Capito, for uh, uh, in singing the praises of a great man, Senator Byrd. Wow, he was a great man, Senator Byrd. The Grand Kleagle. Sounds like Kugel. No, the Grand Kleagle. Go ahead. Day to remember the extraordinary life and legacy of Senator Robert C. Byrd of West Virginia. Now let's see if she's comprehensive about the legacy of Robert C. Byrd of West Virginia. Shall we? Go ahead. His state loved this country and was such an important part of this Congress. Throughout his remarkable career, he worked for all Americans. No, he didn't. He, never- he didn't always work for Americans and sometimes throughout his remarkable career excluded black Americans. He was part of the segregationist crowd early in his career in Congress. Is anybody aware of this? Hakeem Jeffries, are you aware of this? Hakeem said the other day, she's great. No, we shouldn't replace her with a black person. She's just too good. Party first, just like the communists. May I say that? I think I will. Go ahead. Stop fighting for the people of West Virginia. While some simply, while we are here, we all take pride in bearing witness to history, Senator Byrd shaped it. And in shaping history, he built a better future for all Americans. Oh, he did? Really? Can we find out, can somebody, members of Congress are listening, is there a Robert Byrd statue in uh, Congress? Is there a painting of him as an example in... uh, 
the minority leader's office? Is there painting of him as the chairman of the Appropriations Committee at one point? You know how they have those in the committee hearing. Can somebody please tell me if there's a portrait or statue or something of Robert Byrd in the Capitol building? I'm very curious about this. Go ahead. Corey was the true embodiment of the American dream. He was the true embodiment of the American Grand Klegel dream there for a period of time. But you don't understand, he reformed himself. All right, so we're supposed to tear down statues of Thomas Jefferson, who gave us the Declaration of Independence. We're supposed to tear down statues of the Founding Fathers and the framers of the Constitution, who gave us the Constitution. But Robert Byrd, baby, he stands. Why? Democrat. Big spender. Oh, okay. Wow. Robert Byrd has a statue in the Capitol building, Mr. Producer? How'd you find that out so fast? Google. Wow. Robert Byrd has a statue. All the morning shows and all the other shows... You can use my, our research and our comments. So Robert Byrd has a statue in the Capitol. Now Nancy Pelosi's been going around there late at night, flying her broom, room to room, looking for Confederate generals. Okay, f- good enough. The other day she flew into the room where they have the portraits of the speakers of the House. She found four of speakers who were apparently racists. I don't know who they are, but she found them. Okay, good. But she flew past the Robert Byrd statue. How is that possible? How is that possible? Are there any statues of her father, the late great mayor of Baltimore, Mr. Bidu? Let's, let's find that out. Any statues or statuettes, you know, like sort of from shoulder up to the top of their head in Baltimore? Because there needs to be a movement to purify, to cleanse from the Pelosi family. Now there's Joe Biden. Joe Biden has admitted an affection for segregationists in the past, but of course, Black Lives Matter gives him a pass. Why? He's Democrat. Of course. This is a Democrat movement. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, anti-cop. It's a Democrat party movement. No, it's a Marxist, anarchist ideology, but they're Big Ten over there for radicals and rioters and mostly peaceful protesters and so forth. That's the Democrat Party. Here's Biden, July 2nd, 2010, almost to the day again, two days before Independence Day, slobbering all over Robert Byrd. Go. He was fiercely devoted, as you've all heard, to his principles. Even once he became power, he always spoke truth no, to wait, wait, power. Wait. See, he could never, you see, Biden was never coherent. He's just more coherent than it. Even when he became power, doesn't he mean powerful? He didn't become power. Oh, look who I'm correcting, a complete moron. Go ahead. Standing up for the people he proudly was part of. And you've heard it many times a day, but it bears repeating it again in defense of the Constitution he revered. I always wore a flag pin, but I was afraid... Which country? Just curious. Go ahead. ...down today because every time I'd wear the flag pin on the floor, he would grab me, take my pin, and put on a Constitution pin. 
Now think about this. We're all celebrating the great Colin Kaepernick. My God, has there ever been a greater man? Took a knee during a football game. Third-tier quarterback. At the National Anthem. We've never seen anything so brave. I know this because Brett Favre said so. No, he's tried to step back, Brett Favre, but sorry, Brett. It's hard to reverse the fact that you made a complete ass of yourself. But anyway, it's okay. And so here you have uh, Joe Biden wearing an American flag. Now that should upset all those who are down with the revolution. What's he wearing an American flag for? At least he should be wearing it upside down, right? And then he is, slobbering all over Robert Byrd. Go ahead. That's the pin I'm wearing. Wow. More Biden, go. He was devoted to all of you like few senators in the 37 years I was there, 36 plus years I was there, that I have ever, ever known. He was fiercely devoted, as you've all heard, to his principles. Even once he became power, he always we already spoke. played this. I went the next one. The next Biden, go. Oh, well, I'm only looking at your sheet, Mr. Producer. All right, let's listen to Obama. July 2nd, slobbering all over Robert Byrd. And I might say, Donald Trump never slobbered all over Robert Byrd. He didn't proudly work with segregationists. I mean, when you really think about this, Pelosi, Biden, Obama, the Democrats, are exactly what they call the president. They have a high tolerance level for racism if it helps their party. If it helps their party. Now, they're not required to eulogize Byrd. They can put out a formal statement or something. He really was good as appropriate. But no, but they're not doing that. They're going the extra mile. They're telling you what a magnificent man this was. Throughout his entire career, they're pretending he was never in the Klan, an organizer for the Klan, a grand kugel, kleagle for the Klan. It's amazing. Go ahead. Determined to make the most of every last breath. The distinguished gentleman from West Virginia could be found at his desk until the very end doing the people's business. And by by the way, I forgot how much I couldn't stand Obama's cadence here. He he, he, he reeks of narcissism and self-aggrandizement. Go ahead. Delivering soul-stirring speeches, a hint of the Appalachians in his voice, stabbing the air with his finger, fiery as ever, years into his 10th decade. He was a pompous ass, a pompous ass. Now, you might say, well, look, he was a Klansman a long, long time ago. Well, how many people can you say that of, Mr. Producer? Yeah, he's a good guy, but a long, he was a, that Klansman in his youth. It was an indiscretion. It was an, well, look, he was a Klansman. What are you going to do? He's a Klansman in his youth. Grand Kegel, because nobody else wanted to be. He had to step in. Otherwise, they wouldn't have the Grand Kegel. So he stepped in, but look at the rest of his life. Look what he gave us. Look what he gave. What did he give us? Massive deficit spending. 
bridges and tunnels and buildings named after himself at our expense. What did he give us? Pulling down statues of Jefferson and, and, and Washington, even Lincoln, Grant. But then there's Byrd. He's got a statue in Congress right now, ladies and gentlemen. Can I hear from the, from the chorus and talk radio? Can we all agree? I mean, if things are coming down, it seems to me that one's got to come down. And then I would ask Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, if anyone could get near. You know, Joe Biden's like the, uh, like the bubble boy. Remember the story about the bubble boy, Mr. Producer? He had no immune system whatsoever. The poor kid had to live in a bubble. Or he'd die. It's a terrible, terrible... We have a bubble man presidential candidate. I've never seen anything like this. It's the bubble man. And he issues statements from his bubble that he can't even read himself. Got all kinds of plans for the country. Oh, yeah. All kinds of plans. Guy's been in there, he says, over 36 years. Almost 37 years. Plus eight as vice president. So that's 45 years by Biden's calculations. 45 years. And he's got plans now. He's got ideas. Plans and ideas. Oh, he's full of them and full of it. Trump's there three and a half years. He's plowing ahead. He's doing stuff. And Biden said so. Well, he's not moving fast enough. Not moving fast enough. Your lips don't even move fast enough. Anyway, go ahead, Obama. He was a Senate icon. He was a party leader. He was an elder statesman. He was a Klansman. Go ahead. And he was my friend. That's how I'll remember him. Well, that's how he'll remember him. Frauds, fakes, phonies, buffoons. And just look how this is operating. Some statues go, some statues don't. Some racist politicians are eulogized and praised, some are not. The Democrat Party is full of bigots and racists throughout history, even recent history. Most of these statues are of Democrats. Most of these memorials are of Democrats. And they want you to believe that they're down for the revolution. No, I'm down for the revolution. A revolution against them. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us. 
we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. All right. Well, it seems to me that Joe Biden should be pointing a finger at himself so he doesn't poke himself in the eye. He likes to say the president caused the death of tens of thousands of people because he didn't react fast enough. Of course, Biden doesn't react fast enough on the way to the restroom. Hence, we have depends. But here's Admiral Brett Gorier, Assistant Secretary of Health, HHS. Cut seven, go. And I think we all know is that um, there was an absolute shortage of everything when this started. Uh, everyone in the world was looking for the same uh, supplies, and we tried to manage that both from increasing the supplies and using the DPA multiple times. Um, for example, uh, there were three investments, DPA Title I for N95. All right, we're not going to get into the weeds. Everything. There was a shortage of absolute shortage of everything, quote, unquote, says this career military officer. Hence, the president wasn't responsible for tens of thousands of deaths, Mr. Producer. Barack Obama and Joe Biden were. Barack Obama and Joe Biden were responsible for the deaths of tens of thousands of people. Because they left the cupboard bare. Because that's what leftists do. They take. And not only Joe Biden, but the great Andrew Cuomo. Dumb as a doorknob. Andrew Cuomo was shoving senior citizens in nursing homes, shoving people with the COVID virus into nursing homes where innocent and frail American senior citizens were living. The result, thousands of thousands died. So between Cuomo and Obama and Biden and the rest of the left, they have a lot of blood on their hands. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. God bless you all, America. Keep your chin up. And I'll see you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 